Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthier way. And today's guest is Sandy Osborne, and I sought her out because I saw something totally cool she was doing, so um, she agreed to come and share with us today. And before we get into what it is she's going to share, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. She's a primarily taught middle school band for her 15 years of teaching, um, done some high school band assisting as well, and has taught primarily in Title I schools. And so she's going to teach us um, some things that she's done to help with student engagement and creating structure while also maintaining um, or maximizing motivation and minimizing mischief. So if you got some kids that might be a little squirrely or needing some extra structure so they can settle in, stay tuned. If you've got it all figured out, you don't need to listen, but for the rest of you, let's get into some cool discussion with Sandy Osborne and find out, Sandy, before we dig into all that, first of all, welcome. And second of all, can you give us a little bit of your background and your music journey and how you got here? Thank you so much. Um, yes, I have just been, <laughs> I've just loved being in music and band. I've just, I ate it, slept it, drank it, breathed it all throughout high school and I just couldn't see my life without it. So went that route and all of the schools that I've been in, I've been title one schools. And I just, when I first started teaching, I struggled with how, why did my kids not make all of the different things that the other kids that they were competing with did? And it just boiled down to, they just had less advantages than the other kids. And I wanted to help bring up their um, competitiveness with the kids that had more advantages. So I kind of created the, the whole gamification thing and yeah, I, so, I just used it. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today is a, a tool that you modified or used or adapted to work in your situation and the changes that it had. Maybe what, what did you think this might do and what has it actually done? Well, at first, when I first started it, I just wanted more engagement. I just wanted the kids to practice more because I figured if they played more, they would get stronger and eventually get better. And I mean, what it did was my first two years, we had one and two students make the region band for our, our little region. That third year after we implemented our little game, we had 14 students make it. That was a school record. Like we, I mean, just the data speaks for itself. It, it, it blew all expectations out. And I've just been... I can't see myself not using it anytime. And, and I've, I've used it since also. <laughs> well, this sounds pretty cool. Cause you know, we all know the, how amazing these extra opportunities are for kids, but sometimes getting them to the point where they're ready to audition or be prepared for that is hard while you're also preparing, you know, concert pieces and all of that. So look, for those of us that haven't done this or even heard much about it, can you talk to us about how, how did you set this up? How do you, use this in your classes? What does it look like in your community? Some steps that you've done. Yeah. So um, first of all, I think it's really important to say that if you gamify your classroom or you, you use games when you're teaching, that I think it's more beneficial to the student if you use that to promote fundamental skills, if, if that makes sense. Instead of using the game to create the product, you use the game to promote the process. 
um, essentially. And um, so then what becomes happening, you're, you're using extrinsic motivation to help these kids gain skills that make them pretty decent musicians, you know? And so the extrinsic motivation is, is to gain those skills and it turns into intrinsic motivation when they have these skills to be able to play their instrument and they just continue to go on because it's fun now. Now they have that intrinsic motivation instead of needing that little carrot to help them get across. So, so then how does this make it different from practice records when you just tell kids practice 20 minutes a day when they just get better that way too? Aren't they motivated? I mean, uh, mine aren't, but <laughs> what's the difference? How do, how does this motivate kids more? Well, so, you know, you have to use that, that, the carrot. The, you, so we use points. We have a point party. We have different ways of recognizing the children when they've accomplished the things we celebrate frequent, uh, accomplishments. So, you know, we're, we're trying to build that momentum, um, with all of these different, rewards and um things like that those students can really see their peers getting some of those things at first Mm -hmm. if they're not getting it and then those kids through that process of earning the extrinsic stuff are becoming better players better musicians other kids start to go but I want to do that right yeah and and uh, I think it's also really important to say that it, it really should be at the student's own pace and that you know you never know when a kid's going to click and just get it. And so if, if you have these plans in place and you have space for any child to um, just be where they are and meet them where they are, then you're going to celebrate. So you're going to celebrate success with every kid instead of just the few that make it to the top or whatever, because you, you have so many opportunities of success. Yeah, you were talking about um, that uh, different recognitions, and I I thought it was pretty cool when you talked about um, the different levels and the recognition at your performances. Go tell tell us a little bit more detail on that. So on our first game, we 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 called it Band Olympics, and if they did the bare minimum grades, they just they did all they were supposed to. They earned a bronze medal, and we would have them stand up at the concert and recognize them, and then we would do the same thing for the silver medalist, and they had to just go above and beyond slightly to get that medal. And then for the gold medal kids, because there's only a handful of them that actually made it that far, that first concert. Um, and we we put the medal on their neck in front of all their parents. These kids were wearing their medals all day long the next day at school. And they were just so proud of it. And it totally made more momentum for our spring concert, our spring game. And um, we, we were able to name more gold medalists at the end of that semester. They become self-directed learners. Correct. Wait, administrators love that stuff. Correct. So teachers, right? I mean, when mm-hmm. they are seeking out this, the the ways to to get that, and I bet it starts out as extrinsic motivation, but then once they start to feel that success, it just becomes the new habits they've built, right? They've right. And, habits, and they've created ways to to they goal creating, you know, because now they have a goal of, I want this many points. And then you can even take it a whole level higher and do a tiered reward system to where that, I mean, that's essentially what that gold, silver, bronze medal was. But at our party, now we have a five level thing where if they make it to the party, they get pizza and a water and that's it. 
And then the next level is pizza and or a soda if they choose. The next level is pizza, soda, and a salty snack. The next level is pizza, soda, salty snack, and a dessert. And the last one, they get all of those things, but they get to go first and they get to go back after everybody's gone through and have seconds. And that's do anything for pizza. I know (laughs) they won't do anything for seconds, you know, and, and they get hot chips, they get, you know, so now the next year, honestly, we, we created that because this one kid said, no, I'm done. I I did all my grades. I'm like, "Mm, but how do I get that kid to get more? So he went from being like one of the lower levels on that and seeing all the things he could have gotten to the next year, being our actual point master that got the most points, he got all of the things the next year. So I I feel like it helps kids create goals, even if they are silly little goals of I want seconds, you know, because it turns into other things when they're older. Those those activities that you're doing with the kids, the celebrations that leads into that social and emotional piece that, that, that camaraderie pretty soon. You probably see your clarinet players huddling together. Hey, let's do this part together. We, you know, um, I can just see so much more than just that what you probably thought about intentionally at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I love it when things like this, you know, can happen and oh, go ahead. You, you mentioned something about admin. So if you gamify your stuff and you put it in a spreadsheet, you can create data. percent of kids have made it to this level, whereas 30% is here or 98% have passed off the C scale. You know, they, they like numbers. They may not understand what we're doing, but they can see, they can understand numbers. And, and, you know, my, my professional goal this year was tied to the game where last year we had 86% of the band made it to our points party. And so my goal was 90% or more. And this year, 96% of the kids made it to the rewards party. Wow. So, you know, like we're, we're trying to get kids to move and it's so hard to motivate the kids that don't want to be motivated. And even they kind of do it, you know, and it, you, yeah. And at some point it has to be their choice, but you're really opening up ways for students to demonstrate rather than let's all take a band test. We all fill out our practice records for 20 minutes a day. And then we take the test in class the same day as everybody. Yeah. There's there. Yeah. That's just opportunities for lying and, yep. and you know, but when they get their little ribbon because they pass it off, they didn't pass it off because they weren't practicing. And maybe we practiced it in class and that that's what did it. But hey, they're still moving forward. They're mastering. Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get to your final question, I want to invite our listeners to take a minute to think about how you can put some of these practices we've been talking about in the various episodes of Band Director Bootcamp into practice in your own life. Welcome Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual boot camp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So, as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. 
because together we rise. All right, we are back with Sandy Osborne. Um, and before we kind of wrap up our conversation here, I got just a couple of questions for you. Um, she's been really uh, generous and offered to share. Uh, tell us what you're sharing and what the link is. And we'll also put it in the show notes, but um, what you're sharing with us so that some folks can implement things. Yeah, sure. So I have presented on this subject several times now, actually, I've been really lucky. And I have a Google Drive folder that I've been sharing. It's www.tinyurl.com slash Sandy Loves Band, all one word. And it has just a bunch of the different files that I have used over the years that I just no longer use. There are... um, there are different versions of like a cur- curriculum maps there. I have Pokemon band in there. If you want if your kids like Pokemon, um, there's just different things that you're welcome to use as much as you see fit. And if it helps it, if, or if it even just gives you a starting place, I'm just happy to share that with anybody that needs it or wants it. Thank you for that generosity. I think band directors, we we can brainstorm because we've all got our areas of expertise. And that's that's what I love about this podcast is somebody comes on with their specific thing and now other people can add that to their tool belts. So in our last few minutes here, Sandy, um, as a lot of us are sitting here going, that sounds so cool. And there's so much to do to set this up. Could you give us what might be the first two or three mm-hmm. steps you would suggest somebody who's just ready to think about doing this for next year? What might they want to start with thinking or assessing or planning? Right. Well, so this is going to be a front ended work um, thing. Okay. So you're going to have to plan up front. I think it's easiest to do one grading period at a time and draw on previous experience what you know your kids did before because if in if nothing else you're giving yourself something to work from and if it doesn't work the next year all you have to do is tweak it to where you know you're not having to recreate everything so if you just do one grading period at a time by the end of the year you will have a whole curriculum map for you to follow in the next year that's the secret of life, isn't it? Front load everything and then just modify it. Cause we've all learned, you know, the same lesson plan doesn't always work. Even if you have two beginning bands and two periods in a row, everything has to be modified. Same thing year to year, but the whole piece of this is students need to be find motivation so that they will do the work so they can build the skills and blah, blah, blah. And this is okay. one very powerful tool. Um, and your, your explanation of how it's worked in your classroom and all the benefits makes it something, you know, to really consider. Um, and I, you know, I, I've taught high school most of my career, but doing middle school now, one of the first questions the kids had this year, do we have to do practice records? And I'm like, I don't need practice records to know if you're practicing. I can tell from day to day who sucks. Right. That's less the next day, right? Right. Um, so, so, um, yeah. And again, one kid might have to practice an hour and might barely get what they're after. And another kid might try a passage twice and have it beautifully done. And so it's not time that's the issue. It's the mastery of the skill. And this allows students to work at their pace and not feel like they're behind. You're just, they right. They select it and go as they can. This has been great and has given me more ideas too. So not that it's all about me, but I'm sure benefiting a lot from having people like you on the on the podcast. Thank you, Sandy, for giving up your time today, for being here to share. No, I want to say 
Yeah, I want to thank all of you listeners out there, too, for all of you who are making such a difference in kids' lives every day through the magic of music education. The work you do matters, and so do you. So join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of Productivity and Wellness Tips to make your life a little bit easier. 